Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. This episode comes out of a message I got from a new listener this week. They told me they had studied many different schools of thought, and from the message it seemed like most of what he had been taught was to get rid of desire, to deny oneself fulfillment of those desires as the only way to enlightenment or awakening. Well, I don't agree. Before getting into what Neville says and what the Bible says, I cannot stop having desires. And a desire to shed all desires is still a desire. And so you can't avoid it. And I'm always desiring something. I'm hungry. I desire food. I desire clothing, a home, love, financial freedom. The list goes on and on. Why deny this human experience? I believe as we learn to operate what Neville calls the law of assumption, he also calls it the law of identical harvest, the law of imagining. We stir that inner man, imagination, God, and we end up reaching a point of wakefulness that we've never experienced in these forms before. I believe the whole point of us being here is to expand our awareness of being, continue expanding, moving continually from one state to another, expanding what we thought was possible and discovering, remembering more and more who we are. And we do that by learning to use the power that we are, by fulfilling our desires for ourselves and for others. We can enter any state, enter any state and occupy it and express it in this life. And once we're tired of that state, we move to another one, something else. Neville says, the whole vast world and all within it is nothing more than the appeasement of hunger. That's the whole of life, the appeasement of hunger. And there are infinite states from which the Lord may view the world to appease that hunger. The first man can't do it. He can only feed upon what his senses dictate. Wherever he is, he feeds upon the facts of life as he sees the facts. It takes the second man to disengage himself from that restriction and enter a state, any state in the world, and feed upon it. And then, in time, bring the first man to feed upon it. First man and second man, it's also called Esau and Jacob in the Old Testament, or the two Adams, the first Adam and the second Adam. There's the this outer man, this garment we wear, and this state, this idea that we're separate and that it, we have to fight against circumstances and to, you know, to overcome things, and it's good versus evil. All of these notions of small and separateness and f- war and judgment, we're better than them. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> and reacting to the facts, reacting to circumstances, and taking the facts and the circumstances as, that's it. 
I can't do anything about it. And we try to manipulate and convince and coerce people to bend to our will. That's the first man, the outer man. The second man, that's where the power is. The one giving us our desires is the same one fulfilling those desires, our imagination, our awareness of being, that second man that Neville's talking about. Psalm 37, 2 tells us to have fun with this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, the Lord is I am, the self-existent one, my awareness of being, my own I amness. Take exquisite delight, have fun in my imagination, and it will give me, it, my imagination, will give me my desires. And the word heart there in Hebrew means the inner man, the mind. The desires are coming from that inner man, which is another way of saying my awareness of being, my imagination. So my desires come from my imagination, the same place as the fulfillment of those desires. That's why I mentioned in the video I posted the other day that my desires come packaged with them, the plan of fulfillment. It's already together. It's a package deal. You don't have to find the answer, the solution to those desires. The desire has its fulfillment in it. The Bible talks about fulfilling desires throughout all of the books of the Bible. What are there, 66 of them? And the writers of those books encourage us to fulfill desires, not to deny our desires. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. A desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hmm. And the Bible tells us how to fulfill those desires. Here's one I quote all the time, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Remember prayer. Well, let's go back to ask. Ask means to claim it. You're not begging some outside force for something. You're claiming it. Whatever you demand, whatever you claim, whatever you stake your claim to in imagination, because prayer is motion within yourself. It's made up of two Greek words, motion towards uh, exchange and to wish. So you're moving into your wishes fulfillment into the state of your wish fulfilled. That's what prayer is. It's motion and you're always moving in imagination. So whatever you claim as yours in imagination, be believing an ongoing belief, an ongoing living from the end and it will be yours. Matthew 21, 22 says the same thing. And all things, as many as you might ask in prayer, believing you will receive it. It's telling us there are no conditions on this. Anything you want, as many that you might possibly think of, <laughs> when you claim it in your imagination and have that ongoing belief to the point of knowing that it's yours, 
you will receive it. It will be expressed in your world. So believing it, believing to the point of knowing is really the only requirement. You don't have to be a good person or go to the right church or go to church at all or ever read the Bible. Or <laughs> you don't even have to study Neville or listen to anything. You can just live your life Listen to the music you want, go to the movies you want, drink the drinks you want, smoke what you want, or not smoke what you want. It's your choice. The only real, and I even like calling it requirement, but it's really the only thing needed here is believe. Believing to the point of knowing that it's yours. And you can be and have anything you want in life. It's not meant to be a struggle. Sure, we have these experiences. You know, the Bible talks about suffering. But the word suffer, it's often translated as suffer, and we think of it as a bad thing. But it means to experience these things. So we come to this world, this human form, to experience this notion of separateness, this idea that we're small and separate. And we move through these states where we see God as this awful, powerful being outside of us. And we worship this thing out there and we war against each other until we reach to the, the point, however many lifetimes, turns of the wheel it takes us, we all reach the point of wakefulness, this point of remembering who we are. There's nothing about deserving anything if we get caught up in that whole line of thinking that we'll put ourselves under the thumb of the tyranny of second cause again, back to the old states, thinking that we have to convince and fight and manipulate people. I know people through feeling twisty. I've met people that uh, they'll say things to me and I, I pick up on these little manipulations. I know I recognize them because I recognize those states. I've been in those states before thinking I need to say things a certain way to get what I want, to get someone to like me or to do my bidding. And so I recognize that, those little things and th that come from that state, that needy, desperate state, that manipulative state. I've been there. But the good news is you don't have to remain in that state. You don't have to manipulate, persuade, convince, coerce, beg anyone for attention, for love, for money, for anything at all. You just need to move into the state of your wish fulfilled and stay there. <laughs> oh, Mike, it's so hard. <laughs> There's no one to whom we plead our case or convince we deserve something. So how do we get to that belief, that point of knowing that we are already the person we want to be? Well, I, I say the first principle. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that my awareness of being is this thing that we call God. <laughs> be still. The Hebrew translation in Strong's Concordance means to sink, to relax, to let go. Mm, I like the idea of sinking. That's kind of what it feels like sometimes, you know, when I get into the, into the silence. 
and just to be there. Not to rush into a new state or to try to fix something, just to enjoy the silence, my true nature. It's just a wonderful feeling. And the first principle isn't the first step in a series. It's the principle, the main thing. <laughs> Be still. Get into that formlessness of our true selves, shedding all states and remembering or discovering our own awareness of being as God. Then, entering into the state of our wish fulfilled. We're told to be imitators of God. Well, how does God do it? How does God create? How does God move into states? Well, first, remember that you are God. But what does the Bible say? What's the example the Bible gives us? Isaiah 46.10. By the way, I like that. It doesn't mean anything, but it's easy for me to remember. The first principle is Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. So 46.10 there, and then move to Isaiah 46.10. And this is God speaking here. Who announces the end from the beginning and reveals beforehand what has not yet occurred? Who says, my plan will be realized. I will accomplish what I desire. Who's talking there? Me, you, our very own I amness, our awareness of being, our imagination. We do that. We declare our end from our beginning. We claim it. We move into it in our imagination. And nothing will stop the expression of that state. I chatted with a lot of people this week and a common thread running through several of the conversations was desperation. A couple of people talked about just giving up, giving up on this whole idea, this whole idea that we can change our lives by simply moving into the state of our wish fulfilled. And a couple of people even finding fault in the law the law isn't or doesn't work for everything, I was told. Well, I can tell you with absolutely no doubt, there is no fault in the law. It isn't broken. It always works. It's always working. I can never experience anything that I haven't allowed for myself or others in consciousness. Consciousness or imagination always, always, always leads. It always leads. So when I'm confronted with circumstances that aren't what I want, I can't turn to anyone or anything outside of myself and say it's because of them or this, this thing that happened. That's why I'm in this situation. It doesn't work. Well, that's what you're imagining. And so that's what you're going to experience. You will always get the evidence to prove your state. I don't have to try to manipulate or convince anyone to go along with my way. And I'm wasting my time blaming anyone. I just turn to myself and get back into the feeling of my wish fulfilled, back into the state of my choosing or the states of my choosing. So to the person who sent me that message and to anyone out there 
thinking the same thing. Don't run from your desires. That's only going to lead to more heartache. You can achieve anything you want in this life. Anything. And there's plenty to go around for everyone. There are infinite states. Choose the ones you want to express. And don't accept anything less than your wish wishes fulfilled. No need to argue with anyone or freak out if circumstances seem to contradict you. Remain in that state. Think, live, and imagine from the states of your choosing. Okay, before I go, I want to share a quick revision story. This happened to me earlier today. I had gotten into our car, getting ready to leave to run errands, when I noticed a cat, <laughs> the mother cat that I'd been feeding for the last several weeks. If you follow me on Facebook, you've seen my posts about uh, the mama cat and her kittens and how they set up residence in a little storage area adjacent to our parking garage. So I started feeding them and we started getting kind of close. I even named them. But then they moved on to another home. Well, today I saw the mama cat was back. So I grabbed a can of cat food that I'd been keeping in the car just in case they came back. I grabbed the can and hopped out of the car. I was so excited to get over there and feed mama that I wasn't paying attention to my, where my right hand was. And I slammed the door on my fingers, my index finger and my middle finger on my right hand got smashed in the door. Oh my God, the pain was intense. I got my fingers out of the door and looked at them and I could see both were smashed down from just above the middle knuckles on both fingers. Well, before I took another step, I took a few or maybe several deep breaths <laughs> and I revised me getting out of the car. Not the whole scenario, just that moment of me shutting the door. And in my revised version, I used my right hand, the one who, that was stuck in the door, I used that hand to shut the door instead of my left hand. So I shut the door with my right hand. I saw the door, felt the door, and heard the door shut cleanly against the car. And then I went on to feed Mama Cat. <laughs> By the time I got back in the car, the pain, it was still there, but it had gone down a lot. It wasn't as intense as it was a minute or two before that. And by the time I got to the store I was heading to, all of the pain was gone with no visible evidence that I'd even smashed my fingers in the door. It was so completely healed that I even forgot to mention it to Kim when I saw her a little while later. So when she hears this episode, she's going to be hearing that story for the first time. Don't ever take any fact as the end. If what you see, hear, or feel isn't what you want, then revise it. Revise it right then and get back into your chosen state. One more thing. I've gotten a lot of requests already to join uh, the Feeling Twisted group that I'm creating. Now, I'm still putting it together and still deciding what I want to do with it. There are so many Neville Goddard-based Facebook groups out there, and some of them really good ones. 
I don't want to just mimic them. What's the point if I'm just going to copy what others are doing? So it's not going to be like that. I want this group to be something different, not in any way better than these others, because I love these other groups that I'm involved with. If I'm going to do this, I want this to be fresh. So let me know what you want. What would you like in this group? And as soon as it's ready, I'll start accepting those requests to join. In the meantime, you can reach me at Feeling Twisty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Gmail. I love you. I'm Feeling Twisty.